Let me invite you to open up God's Word with me this morning to the New Testament book of John. We're in John chapter 1 today. So we begin a new message series that will take us through Easter Sunday on discovering Jesus. And so we'll be looking at different uh, different uh, aspects of who Jesus is, his identity. And today we're talking about Jesus as as the Lamb. With communion today, our kids are invited to stay right here with us for the duration of our service. But we're in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 29, just two verses. I'll read this morning, John chapter 1, verses 29 and 30. And so as you find your place there, let me invite you uh, to join me standing, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 1, verses 29 and 30. Let's hear what the Bible has to say. Verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Do you pause with me for prayer? No, oh God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the witness of John and others who have gone before us. Lord, guide us now by your spirit's presence and power, Lord, that we might understand the truths of your word and apply them to our lives as your people. For the glory of your name, the good of your church, the growth of your kingdom, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let me pose a question to you as we begin. If I was to introduce you uh, as the featured guest or the featured speaker at a dinner party or other special event, what would I say about you? How would I introduce you? Like, what's the most important thing for people to know about you? In our culture, we most often uh, introduce ourselves and others based on what we do, right? Our position or our vocation. Like Gabe's a senior project manager for Brassfield and Gorey. Uh, Toxie's a retired dentist. Uh, Jill is a first grade elementary school teacher. How would we introduce one another? This, this is common in our day. This is often my, maybe the way that we introduce one another. Well, right here, John the Baptist, this guy John the Baptist introduces Jesus. That's what he's doing here. He's introducing Jesus and he introduces Jesus by sharing the most important thing to know about Jesus, which is what he's going to do. He tells us who Jesus is, but even more so perhaps he tells us what Jesus is going to To do, Jesus comes on the scene and this guy, John, says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. What does he mean that Jesus is the Lamb? We've been singing about that this morning. What does it mean that Jesus is the Lamb? When John announced that Jesus is the Lamb who takes away our sins, he was saying that Jesus came to die. And more specifically, that Jesus came to die in place of sinners. He came to die in place of sinners. As the Lamb, Jesus Christ came to die in place of sinners. That's what John's saying here. He came to die in place of sinners. That's what God intends for us to glean from the image of Christ as the Lamb. 
You see, this particular image portrays Jesus' mission, his purpose, the purpose for which Jesus came. But such a portrait doesn't exactly jive with the position that Jesus holds. God sent John to announce both the purpose for which Jesus came, but also the exalted position that Jesus holds. John's a witness, a witness sent by God to deliver a message, an important message to the world. God sends witnesses to announce Jesus' supremacy. He sends witnesses like John to announce Jesus' supremacy, who he is to the world. So here's this guy, John, who's a bit of a strange fellow. This is John the Baptist, maybe You recall from Scripture that he was perhaps kind of a health nut, like he ate locusts and wild honey. He went around wearing strange garb in the wilderness. He was not a typical man, not an ordinary man, but he was called by God to a rather specific ministry, calling people to soften their hearts, to own their sin, and to turn to God. It's a ministry of preparation. John is preparing the people... For the arrival of the Messiah. And when the Messiah shows up, when Jesus comes on the scene, John says, this is the one I meant. He's the one. This is the one I meant when I said a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. He's far greater than me, more important to me because he's lived much longer than me. He's always been here. He has surpassed me. John's a witness, which means his purpose is to testify. To speak the truth so others may know it. And here he comes, led by the Holy Spirit, to know the significance of this particular man, Jesus of Nazareth. John says, I have seen and testify that this is God's chosen one. I don't know where you were just a few days ago on Wednesday night when some strong storms rolled through Alabama. I wasn't here. I was further south in Alabama on a little hunting trip with my dad, but I understand there was a tornado warning here. There was also one there. I was awakened at 11.15 p.m. Wednesday night, phone blaring, saying, you are in an area under a tornado warning. Wake up. Get ready. Don't delay. Take shelter now. A mighty storm is on its way. I don't know about you. I don't like being awakened in the middle of the night. It takes just a moment to sort of catch your bearings and know where you are. But I got up. I paid attention. I'm glad I did. The next morning, we realized the place where we were staying, just outside the metal roof there on the porch, was completely stripped off in the middle of the night. Would have had no idea until light was shining the effects of that storm. But like a siren, John is announcing. He's announcing the majesty and the might of the one who's now here. And the way in which he does reveals that John knows. He knows that his life, his ministry, his purpose is to exist to magnify this particular one, to magnify Jesus. In other words, just as we saw last week, as we considered Paul's words to the Ephesian pastors, just as we saw that The message Paul was communicating made rather clear that he knew that his mission wasn't to make a name for himself, but to spread the name and renown of Jesus. So too it is with John the Baptist. Like like every 
faithful Christian witness, he's announcing Jesus' supremacy. You see, John's witness fits with Paul's and it fits with Peter's. It fits with the, the message, the testimony of the prophets. It fits squarely with the message, indeed, of all of the Bible, all of Scripture, to declare Christ's position as the sovereign Savior of the world. So let's consider the Bible's claims about Jesus. Let's consider the Bible's claims about Jesus. Let's consider what this book says about this Jesus from Nazareth, this one who is the Lamb, this one that the Bible calls the Christ. Don't take my word for it. Let's consider what this book rather boldly claims to be true about Jesus. So this guy, John, not the one who's announcing that Jesus is the Lamb, but this guy, John, another John, the John who's writing this book, the one who was one of the original 12 disciples and the brother of James, records another John, John the Baptist's words about the supremacy of Christ. And the author, John, records the Baptist's words as part of his attempt a part of his attempt to convince you and, and me and every reader of this message that Christ is the eternal Son of God, sent from God to save sinners. He tells us exactly why he's written this book. He tells us in chapter 20, verse 31. He says, Jesus did a lot more than what I'm recording here. There, there are no volumes that could record all that Jesus said and done, all the miracles that he's done. But he says, these are written. I've written this account that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. Let me ask you this morning, do you believe? Do you believe the scripture's witness? Do you believe John's words? You see, John's writing to witness. He's writing to evangelize. John the evangelist even records Jesus' own self-claims about being one with the Father. John chapter 10, verse 30. About being the way to the Father. Chapter 14, verse 6. And the visible representation of the Father. Jesus said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, chapter 14, verse 9. What church consider the Bible's claims about Jesus, claims of his supremacy, but also claims of his suffering, of his suffering, his suffering so you and I wouldn't have to. God sends witnesses to announce Jesus' supremacy, and God sends witnesses to declare that Jesus delivers from death. To declare that Jesus delivers from death. See, John the Baptist came and announced who Jesus is, but his message focused on what Jesus came to do. He came to declare the central truths of the gospel, of God's mission to save sinners. There was content to his message. So last night, I, as a family, we were going out to dinner. And before we went out to dinner, I turned the washing machine on. I was washing uh, the sheets in uh, our son's bedroom because my father was going to stay in there last night. And so I thought, you know what, while we're gone, I'm going to throw these in the washer real quick. We'll come back and be ready to throw them in the 
jar, except that I got home and I began to open the washing machine and put them in the dryer, but you know, somehow the washing machine was empty. And so I'm looking around and I'm thinking, did this thing eat the bedding? Like, where is it? It's not here. And then I look and it's on the floor in Eli's bedroom. Like, I ran the washing machine with nothing in it. <laughs> empty. By the way, after last week's account, stains in the pants, you're probably thinking, you need to stay away from the laundry room. These are the pants, by the way. Oil stain is gone. Just put that in your pipe and smoke it. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. John comes proclaiming a message. Faithful witnesses have something to share. There's content to share. It's not an empty message. Certainly it's good to testify with a, a good life, an upright life, living rightly. Even to tell others, to communicate with them, yeah, I go to church, or I try to do the right thing, or I'm a Christian. What does that mean? There's content to the message. John comes announcing the supremacy of Christ, but he doesn't stop there. The core of his message is what Jesus has come to do. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Likewise, Christians, we have a message to share, and it is the message of what Jesus Christ has done. It is not simply to tell others that we try to do the right thing. It's not, it's not a certain political agenda that we want to permeate our culture. Like our primary task is not even to transform the world. Like these are good things. But our primary task of witnessing is to proclaim the good news of what a gracious God has done in the Lord Jesus Christ. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Well, friend, are you pointing people to the Lamb? Am I pointing people to the Lamb? Are we pointing people to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The faithful witness wastes no time cutting to the chase. His task is to tell the world why Christ has come and Christ has come for the cross. This is why He came. He came so that He might go to the cross on our behalf. The Son of God has come to die to be the sacrificial Lamb whose life provides atonement for our sins. This morning, one of my kids got up early and was asking, Hey, Dad, what, what can we have for breakfast? What can I have for breakfast? And I said, Well, here's some options. You know where they are. And so he began looking through the pantry drawers, and he pulled out this right here. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, it says, Orville Redenbacher's Gourmet Popping Corn. And he said, Daddy, what's this? I said, son, that's popcorn. You put it in the microwave and it makes popcorn. He couldn't believe it. Eyes got big. He wanted, he wanted to eat it. He wanted it for breakfast. Now, before you think I'm a terrible parent who's sheltering my kids, the last few times we've had popcorn, we've got one of those whirly pop things. We've made it that way. So he thought this was, a, you know, some ancient relic. He wasn't sure what this was, oatmeal or some other thing. Didn't know what was in it. You know, how often is that true in our culture, in our time, in our place, even here in the Bible Belt? 
People don't know what's in this book. People don't know that the central message of this book, of the Bible, is salvation by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we, we've been made by a good and gracious God who cares deeply for sinners and who has sent His Son to rescue sinners so that we might have eternal life in and through Him. We assume people know what's in it, but they don't. And how often do we miscommunicate the core truths of God's Word? We make it a, a book of moralistic demands. What we're to do and not do, perhaps even what we're to believe and not believe, as important as those things are, the central message of God's Word is the gospel. May we proclaim and share the gospel. John is proclaiming the gospel. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jews had been sharing for generations how the Lord had provided the sacrificial lamb. The story that we read in our call to worship this morning. They knew this story, that God had provided the sacrificial lamb in place of Isaac. They knew this. They told this story again and again. They knew how the Lord had spared the Israelites by the blood of lambs splattered over their doorposts at Passover as they were leaving Egypt during the Exodus. They knew all about the lambs and goats that were sacrificed every day in the temple courts. You see, John's audience knew, they knew, they understood that the innocent lamb was a substitute for the guilty sinner. But John's now saying that Jesus, the Christ, is the one who has come to be God's lamb. He's come to be the perfect substitute to take away the sin of the world. So what is John saying? John is saying that the fulfillment of the sacrificial system has come in Jesus He's stating that Jesus would bear our sin just as the prophet Isaiah had said. Surely he took up our pain. This is what Isaiah testified about the Messiah, the coming Messiah. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for what? For our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Oh, friends, through his death, Jesus delivers us from death. This is good news. And certainly, yes, if the Lord tarries his return, we'll all die. I mean, we know this. None of us are immune from physical death here, but we will not perish We will not perish if we know the Lord Jesus Christ. He delivers us from the separation caused by our sin, granting us peace with God and eternal life with Him. See, as the Lamb, Jesus Christ came to die in place of sinners. Did you know that He died and that He died for you? Well, friend, Jesus the Christ, the one who is the Lamb, came to die for you, to give His life for you. You, to lay down his life for you. John testifies, the scriptures testify, that the eternal Son of the Almighty God came to die in place of sinners and that all who put their faith in him are saved from their sins and the penalty of their sins forever and ever and ever. This is good news. God sends witnesses to announce the supremacy of Christ and to declare That Jesus has come to give his life and deliver us from death, calling every listener to respond by putting their faith 
in the Lord Jesus Christ. God sends witnesses to call for faith in Jesus. He sends witnesses to call for faith in Jesus. John's a witness. And faithful witnesses tell the truth. They tell the truth. And in this case, they they tell the truth about Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. But they don't stop there. We don't stop there. They call for a response, a response of faith in Christ, telling people how they can come to know this Jesus for themselves. See, John the Baptist said that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, had told him that this Jesus is the one, verse 33, who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Meaning, Jesus is the one who gives the Spirit to all who follow Him. That's what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit as a follower of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. And so, to say that Jesus gives the Spirit to those who follow Him is to say that Jesus comes to dwell in the lives of those who have faith in Him. He comes to live in those who are His, marking those who receive Him as those whom God forgives and calls His very own. The Bible states it this way in this same chapter, John chapter 1, verse 12, Yet to all who did receive Him, to all who received Jesus, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Like when we hear the truth, we're faced with a choice. Will we believe it or won't we? Will we believe the truth about Jesus the Christ, the Lamb of God, and put our faith in Him? Or will we continue living our own way, living for ourselves, trusting our own efforts, our own merits to determine our status before God? Well, friends, let me plead with you this morning. Don't trust your own efforts. Don't trust your own merits. Don't trust your own attempts, for they are not sufficient. Don't trust your failed efforts, for our failed efforts are the very reason Christ has come to be the Lamb. They're the very reason we need a substitute. You see, you're a sinner, and so am I. But as the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ came to die in place of sinners. So, friend, turn to the Lamb who takes away your sins. Turn to the Lamb. Turn to this Lamb. Turn to Jesus, the Lamb, who takes away your sins. Put all your faith in Him. Cling to hope. There is hope, eternal hope. Cling to hope through faith in Christ. Turn in faith toward the perfect substitute, the one who came for you. Friend, have you turned to the Lamb? Have you put your faith fully in Jesus Christ and in Christ alone to save you. There's no other way to be made right with God, for we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. He is our life. He is our hope. He is our all. To put your faith in Him is to believe that He's who God declares Him to be and to turn your heart toward Him in trust. 
That's what it means to put your faith in Christ. It is to believe that He is who the Bible says He is, but it's also to turn your heart toward Him, your will toward Him, to trust in Him as your Savior and your Lord. Do you believe the Bible's claims about this Savior? Have you bowed your heart to Him? Have you bowed your heart to Jesus? If not, what are you waiting for? Turn your heart to the Lamb of God who takes away your sin today. Turn to the Lamb who takes away sins and have your sins taken away. Have them removed. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, never to be held against you again. Turn to the Lamb. You can do that here and now. So you can do that anytime, but you can do that here and now by confessing your sins there quietness of your heart before the Lord, acknowledging that you're a sinner, that you're guilty, that you have not lived up to God's standard. But you believe that He is who He says He is, that Jesus is the Son of God who's come to deliver you from death. Express your faith in Him, saying to Him, I believe that you, Jesus, are my Savior, that you gave your life for me, and I want to follow you as Lord can turn to the Lord today. Turn to Him and then begin telling the world about Him. If you're a believer, if you've turned to Him, tell others to trust in your Savior. Turn to the Lamb who takes away your sins and then tell others to trust in your Savior. You see, John came to witness and we can praise God that John's witness has led folks like us to Jesus Christ. But the joys of testifying to God's grace in Christ isn't just for John. It's also for you. And it's for me. Because every believer becomes an ambassador, a representative, a messenger for the king. What message are you delivering? As a lamb, Jesus came to die in place of sinners so that sinners might experience true freedom and life in Him. Who do you know who might need to know this glorious truth of God's saving grace? Who have you told? Who will you tell? Let me encourage you. Tell someone. Talk about Jesus. May we be a people who talk about this one that we love. And if it's difficult to talk about Christ, perhaps we're not spending sufficient time with Christ because He is good and He is gracious and He is kind and He is loving. This is good news. I was talking with a guy just a couple days ago and telling him what I did as a pastor. And he was asking how many people come to church where I pastor and I was telling him and he was like, I'd be scared to death to get up and talk in front of that many people. And I said, well, here's the deal. I believe God has called me to this task and has given me good news to share. Like it's not a burden, it's a joy to tell about the good news of a gracious God. He is good. We don't have a hard message to tell. We've got good news to share 
of a mighty yet merciful Father who loves us more than we could imagine or even know and who has sent His Son that we might be forgiven in His eyes and become His children, living with and for Him forever and ever and ever. Who have you told? Who will you tell? May we be a people who tell. Let's tell. We have good news to tell. Come this afternoon. If you don't know where to start, come this afternoon. We'll equip one another to do that. We'll model it for one another. Come. Be a part. Let's tell someone about the good news of a gracious God. You see, after Jesus arose, he appeared to his disciples, his followers, those who believed in him, those who had faith in him. And listen to what Jesus said to them. He said again, again, Jesus said, John said again, Jesus said, peace be with you. Be at peace. I've come to give you peace. You're at peace. Be at peace. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Saved by the blood of the Lamb and sent by the Father to share the message of salvation by the blood of the Lamb. So be saved today. Friend, be saved today. Then be sent. Be sent today to tell the world the glorious news of the Lamb. The Lamb of God who takes away our sins. And this morning we have the great privilege of remembering the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us life. We remember through communion. So we eat the bread and drink the cup, remembering the body of our Savior that was broken for us, the blood of Jesus that was spilled for us. We remember because our Lord instructs us to remember in this way. And as we do, we're looking back at what the Lamb of God has done for us on the cross. He has given His life to deliver us from death. As we take and eat and drink, we're celebrating life in Christ. The provision of God's Lamb for us. We look back and we remember. We look up and we know that right now, this Lamb is on the throne of heaven. He is at the right hand of God. He is sustaining the universe as we speak. He is mighty. He's majestic. He's sovereign. He is the King of all kings. There is no one like Him. And we look ahead. We look forward in anticipation. We anticipate this King soon returning for us to gather His people from every nation, tribe, people, and language, past, present, future, who have turned to Christ in faith, gathering His people into His presence to enjoy His provision forever and ever and ever. We look ahead and we anticipate that day. And as brothers and sisters in Christ who are part of a faith family, we look around and we see one another. And we see that we're not only reconciled to God, but we're reconciled to one another through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We see a great company of God's people, saved by the same grace, covered by the same blood, part of the same family. So as we partake today, as believers, we celebrate, we celebrate life in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. May we celebrate today. Now this time I'm going to ask our, our deacons who are serving communion, if they'll, they'll come, they'll join me at the tables. And as they come, let me encourage all of us, let's prepare our hearts. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's remember. Let's reflect. Let's confess our sins. Let's fix our gaze on Jesus. Let's celebrate the life that He gives us through the Lamb of God who takes away our sins. And if you're a believer, if you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've turned 
to the Lamb to take away your sins, we invite you today to partake of these elements. To join us in remembering. If you're not a believer, if you don't know if you believe this message, if you're not sure what to do with this Jesus, then let me just encourage you during this time, you just reflect. Maybe spend these moments in prayer. Asking the Lord to lead you to what it is that He has for you. Consider the truths of the Word. Consider the Bible's claims about itself. Consider what you've heard this morning. Reflect on these truths. But for all of us, let's fix our gaze upon this God, this good God. So if you're a believer, in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, you come to any of these tables. Take the bread and the cup. You can eat and drink right here. If you prefer, you can take it back to your pew and do that over the next couple minutes. If you prefer to be served right where you are with prepackaged cups, a couple of our deacons will roam around and serve you there as well. But all of us, let's pause together. Let's pray. Then let's remember. Oh, Father in heaven, we pause now, right now, to confess our sins before you. Or to acknowledge that we have been unfaithful. Lord, that we have been rebellious, that we are sinners, every one of us. There's no one righteous, no, not one. None of us, Lord, none of us have lived up to your standard. But Lord, there is one who has, his name is Jesus. He is your son and our savior. And we give you praise for his life, for his death in our place and for his resurrection and his now reigning and his soon returning. Father, we give you praise. Lord, help us to praise you, to worship you, to remember to celebrate as we eat and as we drink, remembering the body and blood of our our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, it's in His name that we pray. Amen.